Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in Lesur, Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com. Now, enjoy this week's episode. Well, good morning. It's great to be with you today. Uh, It's a pleasure and an honor to bring God's Word and to worship with you. Uh, Those words that you just read are are wonderful. I hope you're claiming them uh, because this is the day that the Lord has given to us. This is is your life. This is the time that He has has, uh, invited you to be His child, His representative, and follow Him through life quote that I love from St. Augustine back in the fourth century was, oh God, that I was privileged to live in such a day. And I hope that that's what, what, what you're considering today. Oh Lord, this is the time. This is what you've made me for. This is what you've, you've called me to do. So this morning, I, I hope that that resonates with you. In a few moments, we're going to look at uh, a few verses from John chapter 1, beginning in, in verse 35. I want you to consider that, that what a day this is for us, because we are the ones who... who who possess the hope that the world needs to know. We're, we're the ones that know Jesus. We're the ones who, when the world is, is crying out to find meaning and the answers for life and to find themselves, we get to journey with them and show them the truth, show them the God who loves them uh, so amazingly. And it's that God who declared to us in, in, right away in, in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, or the Word was with God, the Word was God. That, and then it says... A little bit later on, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus Christ. He is our Savior. He is our Lord. And so that's our primary thing we celebrate, that He comes and He sets us free, our sins are forgiven, and we rejoice in that. But also, if, if you can um, maybe resonate with me, there was often times in my life where I thought, well, we're called to make disciples, and that's a little terrifying. How do you do that? How, how, I'm ill-equipped to do that. But this morning, I want to invite you as individuals, as Word of Life Church, uh, to learn from the greatest disciple maker ever, who is Jesus Christ. So we follow him, we celebrate his gifts, but we also then learn from him how to do this thing, how to proclaim uh, the wonderful truth that we possess to the world. So I invite you to uh, follow along with that. And as I'm going to read from John chapter 1, I'm going to begin in verse 35. And in here is what I would say is the, is the simple, um, profound, powerful way for us to follow Jesus and make disciples. Beginning in verse 35. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? What are you looking for? What do you want? What are you hoping for in your life? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. Come with me. Let's hang out together. Let's do life together. Let's connect. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. 
So this morning, for the next few minutes, I want you to consider um, Peter. I love Peter. I love, I can relate to him. He falls down and Jesus picks him up. Uh, he makes mistakes and Jesus forgives him. Uh, he, he celebrates who Jesus is and he does it very imperfectly. And so this morning, uh, I want to invite you to be Peter. Scripture is an interesting thing. It, it has this transformative, uh, unique power to take us back and deliver to us the story from 2,000 years ago, as well as then speak right into our lives today and deliver the power that was given to those who first heard it, the ones who first walked with Jesus. So this morning, I want you to just be Peter. And I'm going to invite you to put that that mindset in, and you're going to kind of go back and forth as, as entering into the story of Peter, while at the same time bringing Peter's story into your life. And so that's what we're going to do for a few moments as I, as I point out a few passages of Scripture. And one thing you see right at the beginning of this passage is you see that the people who connect with Jesus want to bring other people to Jesus. So Peter's brother says, well, I want, to, I want my brother to know about him. So he brings Peter to Jesus. We, we call him Peter, but that was, his name was actually Simon. And this is what happens whenever we encounter Jesus. All through our lives, he changes us. He transforms us. He, he transforms a moment into something uh, where he delivers peace, maybe a greater joy, whatever it might be. And so with that being said, we are journeying as Peter. And so you're walking with, with Jesus now, and, and you're familiar with maybe some of these stories and, and some of the, the ways in which the crowd interacts with him, and you are seeing Jesus heal people. Blind people are seeing, lame people are walking, dead people are coming back to life. It's amazing. He just he changes things that are broken and fixes them. You're hearing him teach and to proclaim truth like no one has ever done. It just, it just enters your heart and changes you. And you're seeing him love in a way that doesn't seem to fit someone with so much power as he serves those around him, as he gently cares for people who are kind of the down and outers, people who don't really have a big name and he cares for them but you'll also see he cares for the people who have big names too, as long as they come and say, teach me, show me your ways. So with that being said, along with walking with Jesus, along with being in the church maybe for your whole life, can come this kind of, we're on the inside and they're on the outside. If they want to come in here, we want them to come in right we want them to understand that we're the ones who are the decision makers here. We're the ones who, who run the show. So if you want to fit in with us, then you fit in with us. And Peter kind of struggled with that. And so we first place I want you to turn, or you don't need to turn your Bible, just listen, is in Matthew 16. And at this point, people are being drawn to Jesus for all kinds of different reasons. And Jesus asks his disciples, he says to them, who, who do people say that I am? And they go, oh man, they're, they're pumped about you. Some say they're like uh, John the Baptist brought back or, or uh, uh, one of the prophets. You know, you're kind of a big deal. And he says, well, who do you say that I am? And he turns to you, Peter. So who, who do you say that I am? And you say, well, you're the Christ. You're the one. You're the Messiah. And he smiles at you, and he goes, man, that was heaven that revealed that to you. That, was, that came right down from heaven, because that kind of truth doesn't just show up. And that, in that truth is the power to hold the keys of the kingdom. In that truth is what will set people free, and you are excited. 
because you got it right. And Jesus is looking at you going, way to go with that huge smile that I just live for seeing on Jesus' face. And then the passage continues. And uh, Jesus starts talking again, and he's talking about how he's going to suffer, how he's going to go through difficulty, and he's even going to die. And you, now I've been walking with him for a while, you know the way things work, and you don't really care much for that talk because, you know, you like to be a big deal. You like comfort. You like that kind of thing. You say, Jesus, come here. Let me t- talk to you about this. This, this isn't how we're going to do this. Jesus, don't, don't talk like that. And Jesus looks at you, and now he's not smiling. And he says, get behind me, Satan. Oh, my. That doesn't feel like a smile from Jesus. That's basically saying you are a de- you've been deceived and now you're trying to deceive others. And you're hurt. Can you relate to this at all in your own life? This up and down nature where you, you thought you were stronger than that. You, you thought that you weren't going to do that sin anymore. You, you thought you knew how everything worked. You thought you had a strong enough faith and then you don't. Up and down the journey of Peter's life with Jesus. So you walk with him, you keep going with him, and you get to John chapter 13, and it's in the upper room, it's a Passover feast, and Jesus has prepared this, and and you're excited, of course, to celebrate with Jesus, and and you get up there, and you celebrate the Passover, and he's teaching, and it's magnificent, he's talking about how the Spirit works, he's talking about comfort and prayer, and and then he he kind of takes off his outer robe, and he he brings over a basin, he's going to wash everybody's feet, and you don't like that, because that is not the way you want to operate. Because remember, you're kind of a big deal. You want to operate like that, not this suffering, not this serving. You kind of want to be the one served. You don't, you don't like that. Jesus, don't wash my feet. And Jesus tells you, you're going to get your feet washed, and then you're going to do this to other people. And let's admit it. Do you really like washing other people's feet? Do you like serving and loving the people who aren't real easy to love? And so this is offensive to you and me. And then Jesus says, you know what, guys? It's going to get tough again. He's starting to talk about that suffering again. And he says, we're going we're gonna to bump into uh, a time where I am going to suffer and die, and you will turn away from me. And you are the rock, remember? Your name has been changed. You've been transformed. And you say, I won't, I won't do that. I'll never do that, Jesus. And he says, yes, you will. In fact, you are going to deny me three times before the rooster crows and you're hurt and you wonder how he could say such a thing. You would never do that. Or so you think. And he leads you from the upper room into the Garden of Gethsemane. You've been there before. And and he says, stay awake and pray for me during this time. And you are shot. You're wiped out. Do you ever get too tired to do the things that you should do? you ever... Have that happened to you? And, and Jesus is saying, stay awake, pray. And you're falling, he's falling asleep. He can't stay awake. And, and off in the distance, you see some torches coming and it's soldiers and priests and they're coming for Jesus. And, and you rise up in, in what you consider power and you take out your sword and you swing it and you cut off someone's ear. And Jesus says, stop it, quit doing that. But here we are 2,000 years later, And I think more than ever, we need to face the reality that the church, if we don't listen to God's word, we think that we can operate by power and and being smarter than everybody else and position and that kind of thing when that's not the way the kingdom of God works. And Jesus heals this person's ear and says to Peter, put it away. 
Man, I could, I could call on the angels if I needed help like that. But I've got a different role. And so, right now, I want to just jump back in Exodus chapter 3. And, and if you're familiar with the book of Exodus, you've got, you've got Moses who's being called out to, to lead the nation of Israel out of, out of Egypt. Familiar with that story. And he speaks to Jesus, or he speaks to Moses in a burning bush. And uh, Moses has this task that he is going to need to do. He says, how can I do this? Well, if, if the people say, Who's, who put you in charge? What do I say? And, and if you remember, he, the burning bush, God Almighty says, I am. That is, that is what you'll tell them. I will be who I will be. I am everything that you need. And now we're going to jump ahead again to John chapter 18 when the, these soldiers are coming for Jesus. And they come to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane with, the, with all of their soldierly might. And they come to him and he says, what do you want? Remember? Heard, heard that before? Who are you looking for? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth. And if you're familiar with, with uh, the basic template of theology that we operate with here at Word of Life. There's law and there's gospel. And the law is God full blast his holiness. And in that question being answered by Jesus, who are you looking for? What are you seeking? He says, he says, I am. But he answers it with all the holiness and might of God. And in that moment, he says, I am God almighty. I am the maker of heaven and the earth. I am the one who put the stars in place. I'm the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I am it, and I always will be. And the people fell to the ground as he delivered that part of who he was to them. And he waits a little bit, and he says to them again, who are you looking for? What do you need? What do you want? Who are you looking for? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth? With a little... Fear, I imagine. And in this moment, he responds with his gospel side. And he says, I'm the one you're looking for. I'm Jesus. I am the lover of your soul. I'm the Messiah. I'm gentle. I'm your friend. And they arrested him. They put his hands behind his back. And they led away the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lion of Judah, the Savior, the Lamb of God, and they mocked him and they ridiculed him and they crucified him. And you watched. And you denied him three times. And your world is falling apart. You thought you knew how it all fit together, you thought you were strong, and you're not. And now you're cowering. Now you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do with your life. You don't know how it all fits together. Life is way more complex than you can handle on your own. And then Sunday comes. And you know Sunday. But you've got to go through Friday to get to Sunday. And you hear that the tomb is empty. Some of the women have been there and the tomb is empty. And they come to you and, and they tell you about this and you take off running for the tomb and you're kind of old, a little overweight and, and, and John, the younger disciple, goes charging past you because he's just more in shape than you are. 
and, and he goes up there, but he's a little tentative, and he looks in, and, and it is empty, but he's not really going in there. And you're Peter. You fall hard. You jump big, and, and you go charging right into the tomb, and you look, and it is empty. And you go, oh, my and you walk out and your mind's racing about all this stuff that Jesus has told you as you've walked with him, as you've, as you've messed up, as you experienced magnificent things. And your mind is churning and you're still terrified though because you really screwed up. And it's a little bit later and you're hanging out with the guys in the upper room, or not the upper room, but a locked room. And you're, you're in there, you're all kind of scared because Jesus, your leader, was crucified. Are they coming after you? And all of a sudden, behind the locked doors is Jesus. Whoa, he is back. And he says, peace to you, shalom to you. He says, irene to you. He says to you, behold, be who God made you to be. But you're kind of cowering, remember, because you messed up big time. And so as great as it is to see Jesus, you wonder, really, is it great for me? And now it's a little bit later still, and you're back fishing and life is still kind of empty because you're not walking with Jesus all the time and you saw this incredible thing, but you're still kind of messed up because of yourself. And, and you have a bad night fishing. You don't catch a stinking thing. That can happen in Minnesota. It doesn't ever happen in Canada, I don't think. But uh, You don't catch a thing. And... You can smell that someone's making some breakfast on the shore as the sun's coming up, and it smells magnificent. And, and the guy yells out, you guys catch anything? He say, no, it stunk. He says, put your, put your net on the right side of the boat. Put it over there. And you're thinking, man, something like that was said before one time. And, and you do it, you put it there where, where the guy told you to put it, and your net just fills up. Just, oh my goodness, it is. You got to get some help deal with this, and, and you look, and the guy on the shoreline, he looks familiar, he's got a huge smile, and he's smiling at you, and now you know that's Jesus, and he's smiling at me, I think, and you are going, okay, it's been tough, but I still got to hang out with Jesus, and you jump in, and you swim like you have never in your life, and you get there, and you're basking in the presence of Jesus, you're just looking up, and I'm cowering a little bit, but so excited to be in the presence of Jesus, because it's always good to be in the presence of Jesus, and he feeds you breakfast. He came back from the dead to make you breakfast. Tomorrow morning, Jesus wants to be with you when you have breakfast. He wants you to know that. And, but you're still kind of cowering, right? Because you, you really messed up. And then Jesus puts his hand on your shoulder and he says, let's go for a little walk. Peter. And now you're you. Now just be you. Because Jesus is coming to you no different than he did Peter. And he knows everything in your life that you've ever messed up on. He knows the, the, the secrets that no one else knows. He knows the, the brokenness and the, and the mess you've made in different places of your life. And he is calling you to go for a walk. And if you know the story of, of Peter and that walk, Jesus said to him, do you love me? And remember, he denied him. 
And, and Peter responds, yes, three th- you know, Jesus, that I love you. But he gets kind of frustrated because he asks him three times. And, and he says, I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to be about sharing who I am with other people. I want you to, to connect to me and to connect to other people. And so, so Peter gets frustrated and hurt, though, because he asks him three times. And like I, I always say, I think, I don't know when it happened because someday he woke up in the middle of the night and went, whoa! Three times. I failed him three times. He invited me back three times. He forgave me three times. He knows that I'm weak and he loves me. And so today, I just want to encourage you, that's what we have for the world. It's not power. It's not that we can make the best music. It's not that we have the greatest building. But God can use all those things to bring glory and honor to his name. And he calls us to make disciples. He calls us to go as his representative, to go as his people, and to make disciples in the way he did. So back to the beginning of of the passage. You've been walking with Jesus. You were Peter, or you. Mainly you. But you can relate to all that. That up and down, the fails, the being brought back again. And Jesus says to you and to me, word of life, go make disciples. How do we do that, Jesus? Well, what did he say when John the Baptist people came to him? You can do this. I promise you, you can do this. What he did, first thing he did when he had them in his presence was he said, what do you want? What are you seeking? What are you looking for? Can you ask people in your life about their life? Can you engage them and let them know you care about what they're thinking, about who they are, about the things that are hurting them, the things that they're seeking? Can you do that? Express some interest? And then they open up a little bit and can you go, well, come, come and see. How about we do this together? How about we go through life together? How about you come over for dinner? How about we meet for a cup of coffee? How about we go for a walk? And you'll be amazed If you do that, when those people have bumps in the road, when they've reached the end of themselves, when they're hurting, or when they have the greatest joy they want to share with someone, you'll be brought in. And so will Jesus. This is what we do. This is how we make disciples. This is how we celebrate that we have been given grace and mercy and we're part of the family of God. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this truth. Lord, it is wonderful that we are bearers of grace and truth, that you've invited Word of Life Church to proclaim the gospel in Lesur and beyond, that you've invited them into a place of faith, a place of stretching. Lord, show them what you want them to do. May they know that you are always enough, that you are the great I am, that you have called them and you will build your kingdom through them. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.